I hope that today's message, believe, expect, and act on your miracle, that it will restore your hope and remind you that nothing is too hard for our God. We can take him at his word. Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless us and speak your word to us so that we may become your army in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn to John 11 and 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. In Matthew 20, 17, now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. I want to speak today from the subject, believe, expect, and act on your miracle. Believe, expect, and act on your miracle. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. The here Martha speaks of was Bethany, a community about two miles outside of Jerusalem, at a home occupied by Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Jerusalem and its surrounding communities, Bethany included, was an area 
which contained many people who were hostile to Jesus. Just days before, in John 10, 31, a group of men had taken up stones to kill Jesus. And then in John 10, 39, they had assaulted him and had attempted to capture him. And he, either by speed or by strength or by the assistance of his disciples, had managed to escape being apprehended. And when Jesus escaped, he decided to leave that area entirely to go to Berea, that wilderness place where John the Baptist had conducted his services. In that same place, Jesus had fasted 40 days, and he had endured the temptations of the devil. He had been baptized in that area and had selected some of his first disciples in that area. His ministry had, in many ways, started there. The end of his earthly ministry was near. So near the end, he went back where he had started. You can have all kinds of thoughts and reflections when you go back where you started. You're driven to self-assessment and self-evaluation. That place where you started is a good place for renewal and recommitment, especially before a challenging period. If you don't visit that place physically, you should visit it mentally and emotionally. What did you intend to do then? What have you done now? What did you promise? What have you performed? What still remains to be done? To that place where he started, in the wilderness came a message from Mary and Martha. It did not mention Lazarus by name, but it merely said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick, in John 11 and 3. And in verse 5 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Luke 10, 38 gives us insights into their home and their relationship with Jesus. He was a guest in their home. Martha was busy everywhere, working and preparing and serving the meal. Mary was listening to Jesus teach. Martha complained that Mary was not helping as she should. Luke 10, 41, but Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This is the same Mary who later anointed the feet of Jesus with a very expensive spiked dart ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. A woman's hair was said to be her glory, and a person's feet, because of their contact with the earth, was the dirtiest part of their body. I'm glad that was not today's women, and I'm glad that that was not the world as it is today, because she probably would have said, not with this weave. You must not know how much this thing cost me. But she placed her glory at his feet. It should also be noted that in John 13 and 4, Jesus later washed 
all the disciples' feet. He even washed the feet of Judas. It seems that Jesus was in many ways made to feel at home, in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They had a genuine love and respect for Jesus, and that love motivated their generosity and their hospitality. And their generosity and hospitality, genuine love, caused respect to be in their hearts and caused their home to be a place where Jesus was pleased to frequently abide. Their positive attitude toward Jesus caused him to feel a special love for them. They positioned him there, themselves for a miracle. Now, before you conclude that Jesus unfairly selected favorites whom he loved more than others, you've got to understand how much they loved Jesus. Too many people are jealous of the good relationship of others when they have no knowledge of how much others have invested in those good relationships. But kindness, generosity, and respect enhance good relationships. Selfishness, disrespect, and disagreement can destroy any possibility of a good relationship. Don't hate, celebrate, and duplicate. Their kindness and hospitality position them for a miracle that they might not have received if they had behaved otherwise toward Jesus. But Jesus, being the divine Son of God, knew the pain and death he would endure when he went back to Bethany and Jerusalem. He knew that there were those who had agreed with one another that they would kill him at first opportunity. But still, he decided that he would return to that area because he also knew that Lazarus was not only sick, Lazarus had died shortly after the messenger had been sent to him. You need to know that love is the predominant sentiment that Jesus has toward us. God is love. If you have a will or a desire to know God and to serve God, his love will find a way to connect to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12 says, For if there is a willing mind, it is accepted. Love caused Jesus to walk into danger to help his friends. Love caused him to groan and be troubled, verse 33 and 38. Because of Lazarus' death, and even to weep, verse 35 says, Jesus wept. In verse 36, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. The Lord Jesus was fully God and fully man. As a man, he endured sorrow and pain, even as we do. In Hebrews 4, 15, the Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may 
obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Notice how strongly Jesus desired that the disciples and the people believe in him. Listen to the words of John 11:14 and following. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. And in John 11, verse 40, Jesus said to Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord? John, the gospel writer himself, seems amazed at the unbelief of some. For he said in John 12 and 37, although he had done many signs before them, they did not believe in him. And in John 12, 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I've come as a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. And the gospel writer John says in chapter 20, verse 30 of his book, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This incident with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was designed not only to bless all believers, but specifically to prepare the disciples for what they would face at the end of the week. This event took place just a short time before the crucifixion. This is the last miracle recorded by John before the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. So the week of the period starts with the death and the raising of Lazarus, and it ends one week later with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And I believe that if they had really allowed the incident of the raising of Lazarus to stimulate faith in their hearts, they would have dealt with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ altogether differently. Matthew 20 and 17 says, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. The third day he will rise again. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all agree that Jesus had told the disciples time and time again that he would be crucified, that he would rise again from the dead. And his purpose for telling them this was that they might believe in, expect, 
and act on their faith in Christ and in the resurrection. The miraculous incident with Lazarus was intended to strengthen their ability to believe, expect, and to act appropriately in the face of a trial. And so Martha came out and met him when he arrived in Bethany and said in John 11:21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. This is a word of hope amid despair. He's dead, but even now. The worst has happened, but even now. I wish somebody would revisit that situation that you have given up on and say to the Lord, it looks bad, but even now, I know you can turn it around. Even now, my friend, God can turn that situation in your life around. But during his conversation with Martha, Jesus spoke those immortal words, John 11 and 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. So the life of the Spirit is determined by your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. To be without Christ is to be dead spiritually and condemned to eternal death. The body is merely the house in which the Spirit lives. And when the house dies, the spirit of a believer lives on with Christ in the spiritual realm. And so Jesus assured Martha that her brother would rise again. When they arrived at the tomb, Jesus commanded that they should roll the stone away. And that same Martha, who before had said, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you, now said, it's too late. But God usually waits until it's too late before he sends a miracle. When Lazarus was sick, Jesus said, he's not sick enough. When Lazarus died, Jesus said, he's not dead enough. And when Lazarus had been dead for four long days, when it was too late, Jesus said, roll the stone away. If you don't have a problem, you don't need a miracle. But when it's too late for us, it's just right for God. It's never too late for God. God gets glory out of too late. So Martha said, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead for four long days. Lord, this situation not only is dead, it is also stinking. Is anybody here dealing with something that's so painful? And if that was not enough, you're now dealing with the repulsive and nauseating memories and results of that event. The situation is not only painful, it's also stinking. Somebody else may feel that if you dealt with your dead situation, it might be repulsive and nauseating and sickening. But Jesus still said, 
roll the stone away. In other words, he's saying, get ready for a miracle. And he's saying to us here today, get ready for a miracle. Some people, if they got their miracle, they would not be ready for their miracle. They would not know what to do with their miracle if it were given to them. Your miracle may be waiting for you to roll the stone away. I said your miracle might be waiting for you to roll the stone away. Get ready for your miracle. And so Jesus prayed, and then he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when Lazarus came forth, Lazarus came out of the grave, alive and well. I believe that Jesus not only performed this miracle because he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, I believe that he performed this miracle to prepare the disciples so that they would trust God and believe in God during the crucifixion of Jesus and afterward. He had already told them several times, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise again the third day. And now he had given them a living example of his power over death because Lazarus had been dead until the fourth day and Jesus brought him back to life. That did not seem reasonable that they would give Jesus four days. He just raised Lazarus back one week before. Could they have not at least given Jesus three days or four days before they gave up on him? God's purpose for their lives mandated their survival and their well-being. Jesus told them before his crucifixion in John 14 and 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, if you keep my commandments, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you orphans or comfortless. I will come to you. And John 15 and 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I made known unto you. Jesus said, everything I know, I told it to you. And you know that I made known these things unto you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he may give 
to you. And so when Jesus was captured, they fell apart. Their, their faith went down to zero. They felt that they were going to be killed. And so we see them running, hiding, denying. We find them returning to their old ways of life and returning to their former pursuits. They were afraid for their own safety and survival when Jesus had already promised that God had a plan for their lives. Somebody needs to know that you cannot die until God's plan for your life is fulfilled. Somebody needs to believe that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to fight against their fear and their unbelief. Fight against your fear. Fight against your unbelief. Fear and unbelief will make you miss opportunities for service and for blessing. And 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What if the disciples had said to one another when Jesus had been crucified, this is what he said was going to happen. He said he was going to be crucified, but he also said that he would rise again the third day from the dead. So let's go down to the tomb and have church. Let's go down to the tomb and worship before the tomb. Let's go down to the tomb and shout because our miracle is on the way. Jesus said it. God will bring it to pass. What if the disciples had went around Jerusalem and gathered people from everywhere to camp around the tomb until Jesus came forth? What if thousands of people had been waiting to see him when he arose? Can you imagine how many more people would have been saved? How many people, more people would have been one to Christ, and how many more witnesses there would have been to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said he was going to rise again. I'm going to go down there and shout in front of my miracle. Thank God, even though they had lost their faith, they rose up just the same. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some have fallen asleep. And after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. John 14 and 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless or orphans. 
I will come unto you. Fear and unbelief can make you miss your opportunity for service and for blessing. But God wants you to believe his word, to expect the fulfillment of his word and act on his word. What you really believe has a great impact upon you. And Hebrews 11 and 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. God wants us to know that we can expect good things from him. God's blessings and God's power are not just for other people, they are for you too. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Or what man is there among you if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Believe it. Expect it. Act on it. The story is told of an area around a certain small town that was struck by a severe drought. No rain fell for a long time. The crops and the livestock were dying, and the whole area fell into an economic depression. The pastor of a certain church finally called for a prayer meeting at a certain time, and they were going to pray that it would rain. And the people came together at the appointed time. But one elderly sister came wearing rain boots and a raincoat and a rain hat. She was carrying an umbrella, and someone rebuked her, saying, why are you wearing all that stuff? Don't you know we're in a drought? But the old sister answered and said, my God is the God that answers prayer. And when I ask God for something, I believe it, I expect it, and I act on it. And so Jesus, in Mark 11 and 22, answered and said to them, have faith in God. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. My brother, my sister, start and keep on saying what the Word of God says. Make up your mind to really live for God and to really obey God. Start and keep on sowing by faith into your blessing, into your miracle. Start and keep on showing God great love and giving Him great praise and great worship. Praise God for your miracle. Dance in advance. Understand that you are on the power team. And Paul said in Ephesians 1 and 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith 
in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, all power, and all might and dominion, that every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that age that is to come. Listen, get in front of your problem. Get in front of that dead, stinking situation. Get in front of that trial and shout victory and praise God because there will be a resurrection. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. One week later, Jesus himself was raised from the dead. You can believe God. You can trust God. God will bring your miracle to pass. Expect it, believe it, accept it, act on it. It's yours today. Anything you need from God, God is able to provide it. God can make a way out of no way. God can take you higher than you've ever been before. Your miracle is on the way. Praise him. If God raised Lazarus, if God raised Jesus, God can lift you higher than you've ever been before. I wish somebody would help me praise God for your miracle, for the blessing of the Lord. I believe that if God did it for Lazarus, if God did it for Jesus, God will do it for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Would you just lift your hand with me and praise God for his blessing, for his miracle? You can believe God. You can trust him. He can revolutionize and transform your life. If we were not there to shout in the streets before his resurrection, before he came back to life again, we can shout in the streets now what he has done for us, how great he is, how we thank him, and how we praise him. Praise God for the miracle you expect he will perform in your life in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for your miracle-working power. Thank you for, Lord, your promise of your word that you can do great things in our lives. And so, Lord, we believe it, and we thank you for it. We will not doubt we will believe our God can do anything. And if you don't know him, if you're not saved, if your sins are not forgiven, I want to pray for you. You can have this Jesus who rose from the dead in your life, in your heart, in your soul, and in your spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Lord, I pray for those who have heard the word that I've spoken. I pray, dear God, that you will infuse them with faith. There's no situation that is impossible, no mountain that they cannot climb. I see them in the future, and they look much better than they look right now. If you would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, please repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank God. I want to say to you that if you prayed that prayer, you're saved. Your sins are forgiven. Clap your hands and praise God for his goodness shown unto you in Jesus' name. Your Savior is alive.